Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the 
center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Me and a guest ranking things in Star Wars. And today we are going back to look at some art. We kind of accidentally skipped over this one. We're going to go back and spend time with our favorite pieces of art from the art of The Mandalorian Season 1. And to do that is Joseph Scrimshaw. Oh, I'm very happy to be here, and I'm very happy uh, to have been able to spend a little bit more time with this art. Uh, this is another of the art of books uh, that came at a time when there was a bunch of different Star Wars books we were mm. reading, and I never got to spend the quality time that I really wanted to with this book. And this mm. one is so fascinating because it includes so many great iconic images that have been featured in uh, in the show itself and some great surprises. So I'm really excited to dive in. It's, it's interesting to look back at this one now because we got the second book. Uh, that one was released, and so it was a good time to, to dive in. And then we look back at the Rise of Skywalker one. We love uh, the art. We love the books. We love uh, Phil Sostak writing these books and putting these together. We love all of it. But we didn't spend time with this one, like you said, uh, in a lot of different ways. And it's fun to look back now, a couple years removed, where you're right. Everything here is so iconic, and you're seeing the origins of it. And that's not lost on me. Just like, wow, this is from this beginning to what we have now. Yeah, yeah, the building blocks. Hmm, that's a great way to look at it. So, you all listening know the drill. We work our way up five to one. We'll throw some honorable mentions in there later. Yeah, this is an audio podcast. So, do what some of our four Center friends have uh, done with the previous art of Star Wars ranks. Set yourself down in your living room, maybe get, get the book off the shelf, and flip along with us. Because you'll be hearing us flipping as well. Um, which is weird. I have to push the recording devices and laptop way far away so I can fit these wonderful large size books on my desk. (laughs) All right. With that said, Joseph, we're going to begin episode 149 of Star Wars Ranked, our favorite art from the Art of Mandalorian season one with your number five. Uh, My number five, I'm ready to share because I moved my water so I don't knock it over (laughs) on my computer mid-recording. And with that safety in mind, I'm going to uh, page 25. Excuse me. Uh, Page 25. I'm choking. See, this is what happens when I don't have water. Uh, Page 25, but it's a double page spread. And uh, Mm. I'm calling it Mando Shows Grogu to Other Mandos. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally the photo. And this is uh, just a, a great image that I I don't think I was aware of. It's clearly early thoughts about uh, Mando, about mm-hmm. exactly what he's going to look like. Uh, there's still some real Boba Fettness to his general appearance. He's oh, got the, the Boba Fett uh, jetpack with the rocket launcher. He's still got the uh, the um, eyepiece that you can bend down. Yeah. Uh, he's got a little bit of uh, what Boba Fett is going to end up with of the the cloth uh, beneath as well that's fluttering out in the wind. It's on this uh, great mm. kind of Star Wars plane somewhere. And then holding up Grogu, uh, who you only see from the back and who also appears to have little horns. <laughs> he does have little <laughs> right? horns. Right, little horns. And then a bunch of other uh, Mandalorians uh, are standing around. M- much of them, many of them, mm. a little closer to Boba Fett. Um, yeah, yeah. Not all of them, but a lot of them. So this is this image that is really about the evolution of the show. That is uh, the the idea, the image of Boba Fett being uh, the power that everything Mandalorian explodes from. Uh, ironically, of course, uh, Boba Fett's actual nature as a Mandalorian is complicated. 
but the love of him, the aesthetic of him is what this all explodes out from. And that's such a central part of the creation of this show. It's cool to see it in this image. And then just that this has the spirit. This image has a spirit of some of the things that happens in the show, but is so different than anything we actually see of, yeah. of like then going like, this is what I found. What should mm-hmm. I do with it? <laughs> or this is what this is what I'm taking this risk on mm-hmm. uh, family, you know, and it's got that sense of like moment of tension of why is this warrior holding up this, you know, mm. innocent looking fragile creature to a bunch of other <laughs> warriors? Is it to save the creature? Is it to threaten the creature? Is it because they worship the creature? Just as an image, it's fascinating. I love it. It it, it has some uh, Lion King vibes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he's just holding up Grogu like it's uh, the ruler they were all bow before. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, you know, you know, we 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 see the the covert in in the um, the, the darkness, the the dungeons, the the alleyways underneath Navarro when we finally get to the show. But here it's wide open plains, mountains, snow capped uh, mountain range behind uh, behind everyone. There, it's it's really different, but the same spirit. It's all there. Yeah, yeah, and the just weird different take on Grogu. Those are those are horns. How those can are one, horns, man? There's horns, or he's wearing like a funny carnival mask. I don't know which it is, but <laughs> yeah, that is my number five. Not great. Oh gosh, and you know, what? sorry, I just looked at the comment from. Uh, there's a great comment from the artist Brian Matthews that did this version. I did, I swear to God, I didn't see this. And and below is the sketch version, and Filoni's the artist of that. And he says, yeah, it's also a little riff on Simba from The Lion King. So there you go. It's very intentional. <laughs> yeah, we wanted that. some way of communicating that uh, there were a bunch of Mandalorians. That's really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm not going to say great minds think alike. I, I can't catch up with Dave, but there you go. It's very clear. It's in the art, people. It's in the art. A uh, great way to start our list. A bunch of Mandos and a horned baby Grogu. We are definitely <laughs> talking about concept art. Uh, my number five is concept art that it, it kind of looks very much like what we saw on the show, which is why I love it so much. My favorite episode of Mando season one is still chapter two. This is a Rick Famiglia episode in which uh, Mando gets a little angry at the Jawas. We learn a lot about Jawa culture and their taste treats and uh, their um, uh, garden patio equipment on top of those sand crawler, everything. <laughs> I love the sequence. Um, love everything about the sequence of Mando trying to fight the Jawas, trying to climb up and of course getting to the top and bam, he's shot. And much like R2-D2 in A New Hope, uh, the electric waves all around him as he falls. And that is what's depicted on page 101. An electrocuted Mando falls from the sand call. And now there's a couple different versions of it. Uh, you know, different shots. There's a great shot on the on the bottom of page 101 where Mando's on the ground is just you can clearly he's like this, he's surging and the sand crawler keeps going. But I'm focusing on this one on the top right, Joseph, where Mando almost looks like he's a character from Tron. He's you, you can't really see oh, the details yeah. of his body, but you see the blue electricity, the lightning bolts kind of circling around him. One Jawa has just taken that shot, just already fired. There's smoke. <laughs> and then my favorite thing, one of the Jawas is clearly celebrating, hands in the air, holding his weapon like, yeah, we got him. And I just think this this is a page to screen kind of uh, shot here. This is why I love these books. I love the, the far off, uh, hey, we sketched something. We didn't know what we were going to do with it. But this is very much like they sat down with Rick and uh, the artist Christian Alsman was like, I got you. I understand what you want. 
let me show you this. <laughs> it just works out so well. And it's the energy. It's the plight of Mando not quite getting to where he wants to go. Uh, and the uh, the joy that Jawas. You got to love that. Uh, I love that you picked this one. Uh, chapter two and chapter six remain my favorites. Uh, chapter two, uh, I'm just always obsessed with because it is such a great uh, space fantasy Western story, but it also just feels so relatable of like, you ever have a day where nothing goes right? <laughs> so does Mandalorian Din Djarin in chapter two. Um, yeah, and the just, you just the, all that energy from him of like, Jawas are kind of a pain in the ass, but I'm a Mandalorian yeah. warrior. I don't think this is going to be a, oh lord <laughs> well, uh, and this yeah. is the height of that moment where he's trying he's trying right and this yeah. captures it the the energy racing through him falling uh that uh, other jawa doing a the full tuscan raider celebration back there mm. so great mm-hmm. no absolutely uh absolutely right there uh there's so much going on uh <laughs> oh mando's very bad day yeah, I love the sun breaking behind the Jawa who's taking the shot at Mando too. It's just right. like this great, uh, great detail. Uh, this art is always so good. Each individual thing is like this mm -hmm. painting, and I just I love the composition of the way that sun uh, mm -hmm. breaking behind the Jawa kind of uh, it, it leads you to kind of think of them as the the righteous one and righteous ones, and they are getting rid of this invader. <laughs> well, <laughs> the sun is on their side, you know. And then you're not wrong. And you even said, said it, you know, the Jawas are eh, eh, kind of annoying. And I don't think that's wrong at all, but they're not, you know, they don't deserve that. They don't deserve that. They just, they, they saw a ship and they took it. They, it's, it's the life, the cycle of life on Tatooine. Uh, <laughs> so I love everything about it. Yeah. yeah. It's their way. Even these off world Jawas. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. I, I apologize. Uh, off world <laughs> Jawas. Let me get it right. Let me get it right. Uh, yeah, there we go. So that's my number five. Uh, starting our list off strong here. There, uh, we're up to your number four, sir. Uh, for no my number four, we are going uh, to the same episode, but a little bit earlier in it, in a little bit earlier in the book, we're going to page 73 and we are going to a blurg attack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the evolution of the Blurgs in Star Wars are, of course, great, starting in the uh, the Ewok uh, special and then popping up in Clone Wars and Rebels and then getting mm -hmm. this live-action treatment and definitely uh, one of those creatures that could be like, that's goofy, that's not cool Star Wars, that's goofy Star Wars. Uh, and then to uh, have them be one of the many things that contributes to Amando's uh, no good, very bad day. Um, actually, they're in Chapter 1, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, excuse me, excuse me. They're in Chapter 1. He's already having a rough time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this is uh, in chapter one. Uh, there's two images on this page, on page 73. Uh, one is the Blurgs charging and Mando in the foreground with a kind of cool action pose. And I like that one a lot. But the one on the bottom is, ah, uh, printed, it's a poster. Um, it's so crazy. It is one of these ones that speaks to me because it's just got all this great, space fantasy motion energy it is a comic book cover mm -hmm. uh it is uh, two blurgs each uh chomping down on an arm uh you can see in the left hand side that mando is firing off his flamethrower but it's just jetting out of the side of the blurgs mouth and then there there's motion absolutely conveyed in in the ways to convey emotion in the uh, the lines of energy that move through the bodies yeah. um but then there's on top of this this great comic book motion energy lines there's the dirt which also conveys movement but then on top of it just maybe it can be sunbeams but it's just motion energy mm -hmm. lines it's just 
a classic comic book cover. We're talking like 70s. And this says the Mandalorian must face blurgs, but will he <laughs> make it out alive? You know, it's so great. It's truly comic, comic booky, And I can even hear uh, Luba Gordonson's music playing like that. <laughs> real, like almost the Mudhorn attack music that's really almost electronica type of uh, just metal on metal. It's just crazy. And it, yeah, everything about the scene, it's like a double clothesline for the blurgs here. They're, they're both clotheslining. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And imagine this again, this is concept art and you're so right. Blurgs make their appearances in, in Clone Wars and, and Rebels and all that stuff, what have you in animation. But you're right. They start from the Ewok adventure movies. And that's such a kind of a weird place to start a little silly. So imagine mm-hmm. if you're like, all right, so we're going to Blurgs and they're going to attack Mando. And it's like, it's chapter one. You're establishing this badass gunslinger out in the galaxy that John uh, Favreau Instagram post explaining the show before we all knew it was coming. And to do that, we're taking those silly little creatures from the Ewok movies. How do we make them formidable? And this photo you look at and you go, I, I wouldn't want to want to mess with those creatures. Absolutely not. It's not cute and funny anymore. It's dangerous. And I love that this art does that. Yeah, it really, really does. It makes them utterly terrifying. It makes them just uh, look like a, a T-Rex was compressed. <laughs> this is how what you ended up with. <laughs> it really does. It definitely has some uh, Jurassic Park. So you got Lion King vibes, Jurassic Park vibes. It's it's all through all through it here. So many great vibes. So that's my number four, <laughs> Blurg Attack. Number four indeed is a Blurg Attack, which sounds also like a great commercial. Like, now from Kenner, get the Blurgs with Blurg Attack. Love that there. Uh, my number four, we're going to page 236 and 237. Big old splash page there. And it is Stormtroopers and the Armorer. Look, here's the thing. We're learning a lot more about the Armorer. I don't know where it will end. I think you and I both agree with a lot of folks that eh, maybe the Armorer isn't as good as we want the Armorer to be. We'll figure out a little bit more to her story. But we love the character. We love Emily Swallow as the character. And we love the design. There's just been something just so wonderful and Star Wars-y, Wars-y about the armor's design. So here we have, uh, towards the end of Mando Season 1, this is the um, Stormtroopers uh, coming to uh, Navarro to take over there. And uh, that great shot in the show of the armor down on her knees with her her tools, the tools of her trade in her hands. And is she going to surrender as the stormtroopers approach or do what we all kind of wanted to do in that moment, which is kick absolute ass with the stormtroopers. This is kind of depicting uh, right before that action. It's a wonderful shot, uh, wonderful art. Um, We got a stormtrooper just kind of standing. This is again, a Brian Matt, just art piece, a a stormtrooper standing in the shadows, just kind of watching. You got other stormtroopers coming up the, the classic uh, blasters uh, raised um, thinking they're going to get an easy victory here. So it's the calm before the storm and just kind of, I don't know, capsulates what I love about the armor and the armor's design, um, the spiritual side, the violent side, the complicated layer side of the armor, a lot going on. And it's just a classic piece of Star Wars art to me. Yeah, I'm really glad you picked this one as well. I absolutely love this uh, image. I love the scene, but this image captures so much uh, about it. I think you uh, nailed a lot of the great details. I think one of the emotions that you get from the scene and from this art is like, oh, you fools don't know who you're dealing with. (laughs) You don't know what you're going to get. That's just like one of those fun moments to have Mm -hmm. as a viewer, right? To be like, fools. You absolute fools. You are so in for it and you don't quite get it yet, you know? Um, (laughs) And uh, I still feel that way, even though the armor is a a complex character. Uh, 
the Imperials are not being complex characters. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe that does kind of um, play into this image in this scene is that at this point, I think the armor is a, a literally a complex character in that mm-hmm. in the first season and in, in parts of the second season, uh, I guess, uh, uh, or, or rather when mm-hmm. we catch up with her in Book of Boba Fett, she's mm-hmm. doing understandable things. She's making choices to try to protect mm-hmm. the greater mm-hmm. good of the community, uh, raise uh, uh, foundlings, uh, hold on to her culture so it isn't just decimated by the Empire. That stuff's all great. Uh, but then I also think uh, people are complex. We're also learning that she's a cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> who probably <laughs> believes in violence as a way of life and in rigid adherence to rules without the possibility of uh, uh, certain types of evolution or growth, which is not great. <laughs> right. And but that but that is at play here because the way that she is sitting with those tools that are practical but also symbolic, the way they are crossed, like this mm-hmm. is a stance. Like this isn't surrender. Mm-hmm. This is a pre-combat ritual stance and that's like where you get that fun ignorance of like mm. what she's doing in the moment is noble she's defying Mm -hmm. the empire and she's in this pre this ritual pre killing you stance in these tools of the empire think ah she's surrendering yeah yeah her energy is um it's Qui-Gon in the Phantom Menace lightsaber fight, but a, 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 different, a different choice and different reason for being <laughs> down on the, your knees and focusing. <laughs> yes, but she, unlike Qui-Gon, relishes the violence. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, great shot. And I still, I don't own an armor figure yet. It's on my list, but, you know, it, we're in that era now where, where of my toy collecting days where, I don't just buy everything. I buy what I want and what I want to uh, have on my shelves representing the parts of Star Wars I love. And I'm not, I'm not just not sure yet on the armor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I want to get a figure eventually. And I certainly have figures of bad guys. I have uh, plenty uh, of Palpatine, but it is an interesting place to yeah, you know, yeah. felt like you were on her side. And then I think it was artfully done to go like, ooh, but let's look at her in a different light. Yeah, let's see where it all goes. So that's uh, my number four, which means we're up to your number three favorite art piece from The Art of Mandalorian Season 1. What do you got? Uh, we are going to page 82, 83, uh, another splash page. It is a challenge, oh, of course, to not make this just an entire list of uh, Grogu, and I was tempted by many mm-hmm. Grogu images. They'll they'll pop up in honorable mentions and elsewhere on the list. Uh, no surprise. Uh, but this one, I th- I'm sure I've seen, but I haven't seen it in this beautiful full page spread. Uh, yeah. It is Grogu uh, by a fire, and Grogu is holding a frog up. And just wonderful lighting from the fire, from the wetness of the frog. It is the... <laughs> there's so much going on. Like we know that Grogu is just going to devour this frog. But if you didn't know that, and look at this image, and you look at those big, wet, kind eyes of this creature that almost looks like, is it is it studying the frog to understand it? Is mm. Grogu uh, appreciating the meal? Is Grogu saving the frog from the fire? But then you look again at those eyes and like, no. Mm. <laughs> this is a moment of hunger. Mm. <laughs> this is like me looking at like a particularly good piece of frozen pizza <laughs> before I destroy it. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, not, I'm, I'm almost like, is is Grogu offering you a bite? Like it's kind of like that, but I think he's declaring this is this is my dinner. 
he is raising it up to just really appreciate how yummy it's going to be, bones and all. Uh, but it's just a, it's a great Grogu image. Clearly, once they had had that that seminal image that we all know is even sold yep. as merch, um, of that really finally captured his vibe, and it's there. He's cute but terrifying in this yeah. image, and I think just the nature of it of like, why is he holding that frog up? I think it's to devour it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm looking at the cl- the one you're referencing, the classic Grogu one, where they finally that that's Christian Altman as well as as Altman mm-hmm. here. So he's he really really just clued in on the eyes of Grogu, the face, and that cute little smile hiding so much hunger. Yeah, that vibe of like uh, of real like it's cute, but he's following his instincts, which are to take and devour. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good shot, such a good piece of art with the. The, the embers uh, sparking about it's uh it's truly a campfire moment of a yeah like song. without the frog you know and if his eyes were looking downward it would be this like really sensitive beautiful scene of him warming mm. his little feet by the fire but instead yeah. <laughs> it is a moment of hunger <laughs> it is me at a sizzler salad bar <laughs> so that's uh my number three grogu at the salad bar uh, there you go. My number three, it's the other side of Grogu. You know, when he's all full up on his meals and he's thinking of uh, 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 people and things other than his stomach, he is uh, he's a healer. And that's why I go to page 218, 219. A lot of splash splash pages today because um, they're just such beautiful big pieces of art. I love, I love them when you turn the page and you're like, oh, look at this big large art here. Uh, anyways, uh, this is uh, Grogu healing grief cargo on the journey uh, towards the end, towards the end of season one. Uh, it's mm. it's such a powerful moment in the show, um, but I love the spirit of it here. I love the little hand, the little Grogu hand on the injured arm, the pain that uh, the grief is experiencing here. You don't quite see grief. You may even in the shadows, is that like a blur in the background? It's all the stuff going on. Uh, but I love the, the it's, it's, it's kind of like the moonlight shining down on the concerned, concentrating, closed-eyed face of Grogu. Oh, and it looks very much like Yoda. This is one of the, one of the shots that I, uh, pieces of art that I'd say almost, it, it feels like a young Yoda versus just uh, the uh, the Grogu that we know and love. Anyways, I love everything about it. I love, I love what it means. I love grief's uh, reaction to it. I love how grief later on, it sets up the humor of do your little magic little hand thing. Like I love everything about their relationship, but just Carl Weathers in Star Wars. I'll never stop talking about that. I love it. Um, but yeah, just this, if, if the other one represents, like I said, the, the unbridled uh, hunger for uh, Grogu has for the world, this has uh, his other uh, instincts is, uh, is to heal, to help, uh, to support, to uh, connect it with the force, to connect with the force and do good with it. So I love this piece. Yeah, this one's great. I'm I'm glad you picked it. Uh, and it, it does work out well in our examination of Grogu and his instincts in which, which he follows. He's got the hunger, <laughs> uh, but he also has that instinct like, well, someone's in pain. There's pain. I'll just, I'll just make that right is so uh, beautiful. He looks so at peace. He does look like he's concentrating. He looks like Yoda lifting the X-Wing mm-hmm. for sure. And it's such a great contrast between uh, the piece on his little shadowy uh, uh, face and the sort of confidence and mm. pressure in his little hand. And mm. then uh, the, to me, just kind of the, the winner that sells this image is just this rictus, this pain mm. in the, yeah. the rigidity in grief's hand. And you can see the diseased veins uh, 
the disease spreading through the veins. And it yeah. is, it, it's, uh, yeah, painful problem and peaceful solution in one image. It's wonderful. Yeah, it does kind of look like the arms come, come, come off a little bit. So I actually, there's a great note here from the artist Christian Alsman. He does say, in the script, they make it seem like the arm had to come off. So it designed a medical cuff to go, go around his elbow, like what Luke had after he lost his hand in Empire Strikes Back. Again, I use the Yoda lighting and the rictus setting in was a way to visually explain that these creatures have venomous claws or maybe they're so dirty that the wound got infected right away. So a lot going on. And again, a big true, the concept art, this is, this is, uh, you know, the, the concept design going into all this uh, is just always fascinating to me of how we get from this to what we saw. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That is my number three. We are working our way up here, but we're going to stop off at your number two, sir. What do we got? Uh, for not my number two, we're going to page 190. If we want to all flip in our textbooks. <laughs> Everyone open up to page 190 in your books. 190, 190. Uh, I am flipping as we speak, but it is an image mm. of the early prison droid uh, design. Uh, like I have mentioned, uh, the oh, yeah. chapter six is, is one of my favorites. I absolutely love this look at how the new Republic is functioning. I love seeing more of Din's old life. I love seeing him prove himself. Uh, and I love seeing him sort of, uh, let out his, uh, absolute aggression against all droids. And I love the story that there was this early design. And then as they got into the combat, <laughs> mm. uh, Rick Famuyiwa was like, um, I, they need legs <laughs> <laughs> so he can kick them around. Um, but this image on 190 of the early design where these Republic security droids were just kind of big uh, floating pills uh, of, yeah. of dark metal. Um, this is one of those images where Star Wars and Doctor Who come together for me. Um, Truly. A huge Doctor Who fan. Uh, and every once in a while, the aesthetics overlap. Uh, I think a lot of the spirit of the two shows uh, overlap and just kind of approach it in, in different ways, different styles in times of storytelling. Um, but that hallway it, you is very Star Wars with the white, uh, but you that, that could show up in Doctor Who. And uh, there are many different robot monsters in Doctor Who, uh, the Daleks are the famous one, but there was a while there during the second Doctor's reign where they were just throwing robot monsters at the wall going, <laughs> we can recapture the magic somehow. We can have more Daleks, right? Yeah, <laughs> There's a awesome. whole big line in, in early 60s Doctor Who of, of robots were like, how about this, kids? You like this one as much as the Daleks? No? Okay. Um, and these Republic security droids, uh, not that the BBC could have made them float back in the day, uh, budget-wise, <laughs> but besides that, they look like like that kind of like uh hey could mm. we could we get the kids to like these like they like the daleks um yeah it's a great great image that just overlaps my love of of the two a lot of images like this in doctor who in in particular mm. too where a lot of the sort of uh shots of the monsters advancing are some like right. the beautiful shots the scary shots usually they could afford four to six <laughs> uh, and they would stage them so they're mm. marching and, and, and a lot of it is is dealing with issues of oppression with you know more recent memories of of nazism and this image has that power of obviously the new republic forces are are, are a force for good but in this image this looks like this horrible mechanization just sort of marching down the hall 
Uh, great description of it. Great purpose behind it. Yeah, it's fun. It's This design is based a little bit on the R1 series droid in New Hope, the floating version of it in the, in, when the Jawas uh, sell the droids to Owen and, and Luke. Uh, but also reminds me of like Disney's uh, Black Hole. Is that the movie from the late 70s yeah. around that time? Has that same kind of vibe and energy, which, which means I would uh, be terrified as a kid because that movie <laughs> kind of terrified me as a kid. Understandable. Scary movie. Scary movie. Great stuff. And it's just so Star Wars-y, right? Just like, hey, droids advancing, blasters firing, the hallway almost reminds you of the inside of a blockade runner. A lot of Star Wars in this, too. Yeah, absolutely. It is a great Star Wars image. I, I don't think it's like, oh, this one looks more like Doctor Who than Star Wars. Mm. It's just, it, it's the overlap uh, that evokes that. And I love the, that it is a prison and you see the clawed hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. So that's my number two. Great number two. We're up to my number two. And this is uh, it's kind of a big one here uh, in terms of just the show and uh, memories, uh, images that stand out when you think of season one of Mandalorian. And one of it will, uh, one of the things would be the, the Mudhorn. And the Mudhorn, well, I don't want to say Mudhorn attack. That's not uh, fair to the Mudhorn. It's more of the din attack on the Mudhorn. Uh, and then, of course, the the floating pram and all this stuff. Those are images if you just say, hey, what are your, some of your favorite shots in season one that will come up? And this is some of the art behind it. Going to page 112 and 113, it is a Mudhorn attacking or defending, depending on your point of view. And more importantly, Grogu reacting. This shot is another splash page you got this mudhorn which by the way i'll stop and pause here to talk about the mudhorn i you know i i know i i'm, I'm a big animal lover i know you are too joseph we don't want to see un, uh, unneeded harm come to animals I, i'm i'm so i get a little upset at the the bantha deaths that keep happening in in in, in to star wars tv i get the whole purpose of the mudhorn i'm having a little bit of fun here but this this is a glorious Glorious uh, uh, piece uh, of art here of the Mudhorn, who is uh, who is uh, floating. Uh, to be clear, we'll get to the Grogu of it all here in a second. But he's got this cute little nubby tail. He's got the wispy fur, little paws with four little toes on there. He's probably got some toe beans on there and some real <laughs> cute teeth to kill you with. Uh, and that big horn. I just love the design. It's a crazy Star Warsy design. Um, reminiscent to me of a lot of things you might see in the prequels, which was discussed at the time. Uh, and I've just, uh, I've never spent this much time looking at the uh, floating rhino elephant-like mud horn <laughs> yep. sitting there in the sky. Yeah, got a little reek in him as we, uh, as we yep. all discussed. But yeah, the, it absolutely is just great back to the roots space fantasy mm. you know what could uh you know different heroes of the pulps run into like what if the whole head was a horn like that i mean that's yeah. to me it's, yeah. like, it's what if the whole head was a horn so you see like the fear and the terror and the power mm. of that wild beast but then you're right all the other details like just really drive home like yeah but it's not just a monster it's it's a bean that's mm -hmm. protecting its eggs <laughs> <laughs> Not to dig too deep in it. I'll start getting upset. Uh, the rest of the photo is uh, Din in the mud, defeated, almost accepting his fate. Uh, and at that very moment when he almost, uh, like I said, releases his life to the galaxy, uh, little Grogu, uh, as we knew there, only the child, or as we all uh, were determined to call him, Baby Yoda to the end of time. In that pram, which, by the, by the way, the pram's a wonderful little Star Wars design, too. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. 
but the hand is out. Little Grogu knows what he needs to do. It's his instinct. We already had seen it on display in the show, and it is such a big reveal. It was, uh, even if you kind of had a sense that something was coming, something was on the way, when it happens, it's really glorious, and the mudhorn mud floating in the sky. So this photo really just captures all of that. And and you think of a lasting image. This is the Mudhorn clan, a clan of two right now, right? Mm-hmm. Flying around an N1 starfighter. Uh, this is, uh, this is, what do you think? This is probably, uh, they Din would hang this on the wall of his apartment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That this is the true, true mm. beginning of their relationship. And, you know, from the armor's perspective, the, the enemy they vanquished together. So that mm. must be, and it's the armor who decided that, right? That that's yeah. the, the sigil. Yeah. You defeated something. And he's like, yeah, but only with help of an enemy. And by the yeah. time the enemy is no longer an enemy, but a foundling, it's still the sigil because this is the moment. This um, is the moment, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. This image is so great. It's, you're right. It's so great in the show. It's great to think back of like, okay, we had a week and, you know, it, it's a baby Yoda. But yeah. does that necessarily mean it uses the force? Like that's a question that's hanging over. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then to have such a big, big, yep. <laughs> the answer to that question that's been on your mind is yes. It's the, yeah. the episode's really well constructed. And yeah. this image captures the power of that. Um, mm. Obviously, the, these artists are all phenomenal, but it's just really fun for me to to look at these and uh, try to make use of uh, some of my uh, college education when it comes to mm. composition. I absolutely love how much uh, this is this massive contrast between the huge amount of space that is taken up by the massive mudhorn and then the tiny little uh, grogu in the pram exerting so much more power and then Mm. the way that the the all of the lines have these rhythms to repeat one another that the swoop of the rocks repeats the rhythm of the mudhorn's horn Mm. and the way that din is collapsed is um also repeating the rhythm of the mudhorn's horn so that uh, what your eye is drawn to is the tension the space between these two yeah. matching swoops of the horn in din and the only thing in between them is that little tiny hand <laughs> so good i can't explain it that well sir but i could just say it's great <laughs> it's just <laughs> wonderful and look all my um I mean, again, having a little bit of fun with my thoughts on the Mudhorn. I, I get it. It's such a wonderful part of the story. And, and come on, Suga, Suga. But it does help me a little bit to know that this is the moment and that they, these two will be forever connected by what they experienced here and that the, their sigil will be a Mudhorn uh, going forward. And, and it is already in, in the show. So uh, I, I, I'll take solace in that. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's not casual, right? I mean, we've we've had some definite, uh, you know, unfortunate animal moments that are super casual. <laughs> this one is not casual, not casual at all. Big photo, put it on a wall, put it on a van, make it a mural. This is why we love <laughs> discussing these uh, pieces of art. And uh, we have uh, reached our number ones, but before we get to that, we're gonna have some honorable mentions. And before we get to that, we're gonna take a quick break here on Star Wars Ranked. 
all the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Welcome back to Star Wars Ranked. I'm Ken Napsok along with Joseph Grimshaw. And we are ranking our favorite pieces of art in the Art of Mandalorian Season 1 book. We hope you have an opportunity. Uh, maybe not all of you. Maybe you might be driving. Don't look at the book while driving. Or maybe you're at work. We understand. But maybe you're at home in your den and you got the book down off your shelf and you're flipping the pages with us. A lot of fun. Uh, as always, Joseph, honorable mentions. There's a few. We have, often have to limit ourselves here. Uh, what are some of the ones on your list? Uh, yeah, I, I limited myself to five. I'm going to page 228. Uh, this is another Grogu image, but entirely different and extremely upsetting. <laughs> this is uh, from uh, the end of season one. The biker scouts are uh, have shot down the Blurg and Quill. Quill's smoking body is in the, the lava sands of Navarro. Extremely upsetting. <laughs> the the biker scout has their arm out to scoop up Grogu. So, yep, all the tragedy we know from the show. But wait, but Grogu's that, on his feet, running and screaming. This is it's a beautiful piece of art and deeply upsetting. It's so upsetting. I hadn't seen it because the, the 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 Grogu uh, the, the, his uh, he himself is a little dark, right? It's he's almost in the shadows. And, and I'm having this weird reflection in, in my studio from the overhead lights. So I pressed down the page and that revealed the screaming face <laughs> of Grogu in terror with like a little tooth showing through and he's running. Oh, my yeah. heart. Oh, my he's heart. like a little emoji of what if a baby scared <laughs> emoji. It's oh, gosh, it's it's uh, awful. But that's the uh, point of the art. And it's incredibly well done in its awfulness to make yeah, you feel I, it. I'm glad that one didn't make it. I don't think the world could have taken that. Uh, no, no. Uh, and then page 91, I'm going to uh, some concept art, direct concept mm. art, which is the uh, labeled is the Ugnot seat. It is on page 91. <laughs> and we love Quill. We love the way he ended up in the mm -hmm. show. It's still grumpy. Uh, but this image, um, there are a couple of them, but the one on, on the top of page 91 where he's kind of got this tall chair that's got a little bit of like an awning a cover and he's got kind of got two bowls of food and then he's just sitting there like a little grump he's like this is this is where i sit when no one can talk to me <laughs> i feel you i feel you i have that chair in my house too <laughs> he's got a little ladder to climb up there too i think i put this in one just out of envy of like i want i want a little chair that i climb up to it's outside. Mm -hmm. It's got the awning, so I'm not going to burn. And this is my, I got snacks up there, and it's my leave-me-alone chair. <laughs> he looks like a lifeguard that doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Let him drown, says Quill. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not coming down. Told you I not was, to run. I would have loved to see that in the show. I'd love to get a figure of this collection. Oh, gosh, like, yes. Mm. Yeah, That's I got great. a Quill action figure, but I don't have a concept art Quill's Ugnot seat. <laughs> action figure which i need uh moving on to another yeah, big splash page more. uh 246 to 247 it is this big splash page uh of uh towards the end when mm. uh, gideon is uh, tracking him down uh the tie fighter shooting at the boat in the lava um mm. a beautiful beautiful image there's a lot going on here but one of the things that that made this leap out to me is if i didn't know the story of mandalorian and i just saw this as concept art i my mind would have been blown right it's yeah. a real different image of a time fighter uh, shooting mm. spitting green flame True. into a lava river and there's someone in a boat in the harsh you know scarred land black land a fire 
just billowing out of the uh, of the lava river. Some unknown but cool looking figures in that boat. Uh, it's so great. Other thing that I love about this is it can be very very hard to combine any shade of green and red without evoking Christmas. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and this one does it I don't look at this of the TIE fighter shooting into the lava river at a small boat and going ah Christmas but it's but it's green and red there's orange in there too (laughs) have yourself a merry TIE fighter I love the shot it it definitely (laughs) one looks this one would not be out of place like on a lunchbox in the 80s yes exactly exactly Mm. uh so I I got two more but uh do you want me to pass the baton Pass the baton, indeed. A couple honorable mentions from me here. Uh, we got page 32. If you're keeping score at home, t- there's a lot of uh, Mando uh, designs and different versions, different stages of what we ended up seeing in the show. Love a lot of that there. But this, um, it's so funny. I put it down I, I put it down as light whipping stormtroopers. I realized what I've, mm. the mistake I've made. I was just going kind of quick when I was sending you the notes, Joseph. It's, mm. the, it's the whistling birds. Yeah, and there's this great on page 32. It's it's uh, Brian Matthews's art of uh, illustrating the Mandalorian's whistling birds weaponry. A concept artist, Brian Matthews, was inspired by fireworks such as Roman candles and sparklers. That absolutely tracks, and this is great sh- sh- uh, photo art, photo uh, art uh, piece um, of, of stormtroopers just absolutely getting walloped by these whistling birds. <laughs> And you got Mando with his arm extended, the, the cape uh, flowing in the wind here. And but if you look at it, you can see why I was I was just kind of writing down notes real quick on what to describe. This says it looks as though he is um, light whipping the stormtroopers <laughs> like he's in the old Republic, and so it has this kind of epic Mando fighting Jedi vibe uh, from yeah. a card game or something. And it just as I was flipping through kind of quick, it just it really stood out to me. Really yeah. stood out to me. It is a, just a great, great image. It does. It, it has a, a good relationship to what's actually ended up on screen. That mm-hmm. uh, fireworks um, mood translated. But I love in this image that you know, man, just kind of facing away. So you get that they fly everywhere. There are two stormtroopers who are being taken down. And then the, what sells this image to me is that third stormtrooper who's definitely doing a "what the bleep is happening" look. <laughs> <laughs> which, which every time he uses whistling birds, there's always someone who's like, "I did not see that." Oh, I'm coming. You're dead. Yeah. The, almost, it's like people get hit by the whistling birds are almost mm-hmm. like uh, more pedantic fans. Like, now how did that work? <laughs> Explain the <laughs> physics. Explain the targeting technology. Wait, wait, you're saying somehow whistling birds came back? What? Do you, oh, I'm dead. Yeah, absolutely. They just know how to hit the right. How do they? Know <laughs> so I love that one there. Uh, and then also my list on page 55. You can hear me ferociously flipping the pages. Oh, my God. This is one of the ones, you know, page 55. It is the client. It is Grief Carga. But really, what we're looking at is pictures of Carl Weathers <laughs> and Werner Herzog in Star Wars outfits. There's just no other way to celebrate. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. We got to celebrate these two. We're so blessed to have both of them in Star Wars. It's still crazy to me that we got Werner Herzog in a Star Wars story at all. Grief, uh, you know, Carl Weathers, at some point, that would, at any point, you would have told me whether it's his action star phase, the early part of his career, or even the happy Gilmore phase, would have been like, yes, absolutely. Please put Carl Weathers in Star Wars. But the fact we got him now, kind of this complicated, uh, older guy on a different life journey, much to learn, but much advice to give. He's, he's, 
he's got some goodness in him, even when you, you think he's being bad. There's so much I love about Carl Weathers as Grief Karga. And then, I mean, come on, Werner Herzog just there in this great uh, uh, coat with the, the fur and that look that he's just about to say, you're a coward, use the baby. It's great. <laughs> great. Just love it. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you picked this page. I I, I, uh, I almost uh, added this one to the uh, mm. the honorable mentions, uh, but I had a sense that it might show up uh, <laughs> on your list. Yeah. I, one of my favorite lines remains, they all hate you, Mando. <laughs> yes. Carol Weathers, so great. And I love that this is just an image of him in, in the cool uh, outfit, yeah. very close to what it ended up. And then, yeah, I love the pose on the client, the way that he's got mm-hmm. this sort of, um, you know, authoritarian evoking mm-hmm. winter jacket with the fur. And it, it looks a little like it's got a connection to some of Hux's wear in the yeah. First Order. And then that that militant fist clenched in front of him. <laughs> and it really is. He, he really does look like he's about to call someone a coward. He does direct some art piece documentary. Yes, absolutely. Love it. Yeah, you're right. I just yeah, love grief. Love so, love him so much. Uh, another one on my page here, on my list here, page 71, titled in this one, Quill in the Blurg. Bam, bam. It's a great photo. It is just, uh, I keep saying photo. I, I know they're not photos, friends. Uh, it is uh, just, um, it's, it's a blurg. It's Quill, goggles on, <laughs> harness in hand, just kind of leading the blurg along. There's action going on because the dust is trailing. They're they're moving. They're moving as fast as these two characters want to move here. Uh, I love everything about it. I, lo- I again, I could go off about the the use of the blurgs and uh, it even even knowing the blurgs and, and associate honestly associating them more with uh, Champs and Dula and Ryloth than than I ever did the Ewoks Adventure movies. By the way, but just love it. And if you just again, you mentioned earlier, Joseph, like hey, if you just slap this down and say, would you want to see something like this? This is Star Wars. Would you want this? Yes, an Ugnaught and a Blurg on a dusty plane? Ah, oh, please, I must find out what's going on here. Yeah, no, I mean, it is absolutely like, yeah, concept art of just like, uh, yes, please, I want to know the whole story, tip of the iceberg. <laughs> what is that whole story? Tell me everything about it. What I love about this image is the way that Quill's hand is being thrown out. Uh, he's got one hand on the reins and he's got another hand that he's just, he's walking, but there's mm. almost an energy like he just turned that makes me feel like this is like some uh, weird Quill paparazzi snap. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like this is like almost like you could have the blurg and then you could put in Ben Affleck clutching some Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> it would have a similar vibe to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, a couple more for me, then we'll have you close out your list here. Uh, on page 141, uh, Grogu meets a loath cat. Um, love this. Love the note here about uh, Dave wanting to put a loath cat in the village. This is the the, the Sorgan village. And uh, it's on the floor of the public house. And just this great art of just, you don't see Grogu's face. You see the back of his head, his little cute little head and ears and his hand reaching out. And that loath cat just kind of like, I will strike you. I don't know what you're doing, but I'll get you. Yeah, I I love it in the show, and this uh, image really evokes it too. Of like uh, mm-hmm. the real life experience that a lot of us who who have pets, uh, uh, I don't anymore, but I did growing up encounter of like, oh well, I hope the cat and the dog will like each other. 
<laughs> yeah, this is me trying to wake up a chihuahua to take him potty. What will happen? What will happen? So love that one there. Uh, then also page 168, we got uh, the, the, again, one of the, what I'd say is a, a signature image of the show based off uh, the trailer alone. When, when we started seeing early things of it is uh, Mando in front of the Stormtrooper helmets. The, uh, um, well, we don't know what happens to those troopers, but the helmets are on, uh, 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 spikes outside of town there. Uh, I love it. It's, I love it. I love it when showed back up in Book of Boba Fett. Uh, and it just him, this is a, instead of walking past it as if it's uh, no big deal, it's him kind of staring at it like, hmm, what's going on here? So just love it. It's, uh, like I said, an iconic image of season one of, of Mando for me. So I love seeing the art version of it. Yeah, I, I really liked it. It is him sort of looking up at it and taking in the meaning. And I think this is such a great way to to sell when the show is set, that this is a different time. Yeah. And and I love the kind of storytelling that we get combining uh, Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian of like, hey, well, the, uh, the second Death Star blew up, the Emperor was dead, yeah. and that was it for these stormtroopers on Tatooine. <laughs> yep. Uh, was yep. That? Yep. That was that. And Mando taking it in is is quite a look. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my final honorable mention here, page 206, 207, big splash page. We got a couple Borgs. We got IG-11. We got Quill. More importantly, Quill is lighting up. It's Ugnot Hookah version one is the art by Christian Osman. Uh It is literally that in the shadows. I think they're on. This is supposed to be when they're on the Razor Crest all traveling, right? So mm-hmm. it's around that time. And literally, you know, IG-11 is like loading up the hookah. Uh, the, the the whole the, the whole stand there and uh quill's just taking a hit smoke's coming up and it's just great and uh christian Osman Olsen says this about the art i love it because you're not spending any time explaining the hookah but it adds so much to the character i'm not getting that on on that ship without my hookah uh this uh and this frightening monster of a thing is putting <laughs> essence in the hookah with an oil can it is uh it is true it is such a star wars image it's it's an ig droid it's an ugnot it's blurgs and they're just smoking out. And it's just hilarious. <laughs> it really is great. It really has that. It completes Squeal's character of like, look, I've worked hard to be free. I have many uh, noble thoughts to pass on and to educate Din. And also, I'm not going anywhere without my <laughs> damn smokes. <laughs> Bring my smokes. So those are my honorable mentions there. A couple more from you that we'll get to our number one choices. Uh, yeah, I went to page uh, 77. It's a whole page of uh, Grogu concept art, which we could talk about every single one. But I went up to the top uh, and there's what uh, I think a baby version one. It's mm. just Grogu with wild eyes. It's like Grogu <laughs> with uh, glowing in the dark lemur eyes. <laughs> it's uh, it's almost like he took a hit of that hookah and something special <laughs> in the hookah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's just, it, it, yeah, it, it's just the craziness of the eyes is oh, absolutely great. drew me to it. I'm uh, trying to flip to the page so I can see what's mm. actually written. Um, yeah, yeah. Tiemans uh, mm. says, uh, I was working with Christian Allsman's model, which was fantastic. The opportunities in the lighting and finding some interest here with this new character. And then the innocence, even though he's got some years on him in contrast to the technology on the left side of the piece. But yep, there's some innocence and some scary wild eyes. (laughs) Some scary stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and speaking of scary eyes, that's my final honorable Mm. mention, is the scary eyes of the ATST on page 148. A couple of great episodes from, or images from uh, the Sanctuary episode. Uh, But this one just spoke to me. It, it, It captures what's going on in the episode. 
Uh, it is the picture of the ATST kind of in the shadows, a spotlight down on a terrified person running away, a, a lick of a red flame bursting out an explosion, um, some fire, some trees in the background. It's all it's all great and beautiful, but the thing that just kind of took my breath away is the moody combination of that dark blue sky mm. and then those glowing red Satan eyes of the ATSD, mm. which translated so well into the story, but to just see it in this image, this is just a part of this is just sort of like the power of the emotion of those colors. Yeah, and there's some uh, other pieces of art in here that are very, you know, not uh, similar in the sense of it, it's it's depicting the ATSD with the red eyes, and it truly highlights uh, what Bryce Dallas Howard Howard did with that sequence of of the monster, the dinosaur chasing after everyone. It it just uh, captures spirit, and this is it's such a classic Star Wars vehicle, right? The ATSD, and it's got a similar pose in the, in this piece you're highlighting, Joseph. It's standing there like I know an ATS ATSD stands, but those red eyes, everything about it, it's so different and highlights why I love going back to that episode because initially I didn't take to this one as much as the other chapters at first and there's some stuff in there that I still might might not like but overall just love it and that sequence I'll go back to it time and time again such a wonderful Star Wars action sequence absolutely absolutely a great sequence and uh, yeah I've been wanting to do a full Mando season one and two rewatch I'm sure I will this year when we get ready for season three and I can't wait to see it again yeah so those are our honorable mentions. We always, you know, we sneak them in there. It's a little bit of a cheat to keep the list big and uh, robust, but it's just so many things. We got to, you got to be able to discuss it all. So we uh, thank you all for uh, letting us uh, indulge us, I should say, on our honorable mentions. I'm flipping fur- furiously to get to my number one choice. There it is. All right. My number one choice for my favorite piece of art in the Art of Mandalorian season one book We've talked a lot, of, a lot of different artists here today. A lot of artists' um, uh, work is depicted. Uh, but there's a, there's a guy who on an airplane had an idea and jotted it down on a piece of lined paper, and that pretty much sold the show in a lot of ways. We got to give some credit to the man in the cowboy hat, Dave Filoni. And this is uh, on page 20, The Mandalorian Sketch 3. Uh, Dave says this, I tended to do a lot of little sketches on the plane, trying to figure out interesting moments for the pitch. John loves this one. The first drawing of the pram and the ball floating in the baby. That's the whole thing. I need to get that frame for John. This was the drawing that, dare I say, really sold the idea of the show. It was the image that made everyone go, even if I don't know what a Mandalorian is, I get what this is. And I like his posture, kind of leaning in, leaning out at the same time. And you wonder, is the kid floating that ball? What does that mean? So uh, I just love everything about it. It does look like you just took a pen or a piece of chalk or something and just kind of sketched it out. And it's so simple. You'd think I could come up with this, but I can't. I don't have these kind of skills. I love everything about it. This has been, you've seen this before. I think they even talked about it in some of the BTS stuff, but to have it highlighted here, just, uh, I don't know. It just stood out to me. Uh, It is, uh, it is so simple, so direct, but I think Dave's right. It does capture a lot of uh, the spirit of the show and it's the big reveal. And it's kind of the reason uh, I myself went from, I don't know. Am I going to get some dark and gritty, badass Mando? I don't know if that's my kind of Star Wars. We'll see. Oh, God, it's something I had no idea uh, uh, that we were going to get. So uh, so I love this art. Uh, I do love this piece, and I love what it inspired. So that's my number one choice, a pencil drawing, if you will, on a <laughs> pad of paper. 
Uh, I think it is a great number one choice because it does evoke so much about the show that we think it's about the Mandalorian, we think it's about the loner, but it is actually about this surprise connection. In this rough version of it, uh, I forgot this rough version of it is not the fingers yet. It's Mm -hmm. the ball. The ball is what is connecting them. And there is so much about this that is the great tip of the iceberg storytelling that like you get it. You know what it is. It is a warrior looking down at some innocent creature, uh, but it makes you ask so many questions. The way the warrior is kind of half turned away and like which way will the warrior turn toward the child or away from the child? And as Filoni himself says, the the ball floating here of what does that mean? And then just in in terms of it being a powerful visual image, uh, much like the mudhorn, you get that great contrast between the the size and the stature of the warrior, and then the, the tiny nature of the the innocent child in a pram. And there's all of this tension of the negative space. That's mm. what makes the drawing uh, powerful. Yeah, the actual rendering is uh, fast and crude, but it's about a gesture drawing. It's about yeah. shapes and energy and the the mystery of the space in between them. Yeah, and what else is coming there? So I love it. You know what? If if Dave was ever to auction this off, I I would uh, try to stay in as long as I could to uh, get that one there. So uh, that is my number one choice. But I don't think we're done discussing Grogu or Mando at all. Joseph, <laughs> what is your number one choice? My number one choice is the same thing, kind of, but not mm. really. It is the same image. It is a later evolution of this first moment of true contact between Din Djarin and Grogu. I'm going to another uh, mostly Spash page on page 1415. Uh, this is closer to the show. Um, we have the image of of Din with a much closer to his armor and to his uh, Ambin pulse rifle. And we've got the fingers he's he's reaching out and Grogu is reaching up we got the pram we can't quite see inside it there's mystery so it's closer to the image that ended up in the show it's an evolution of your wonderful number one pick but the reason this really jumped out at me is what is different than in the show Mm. in this image we've got those fingers that possibility of connection between the innocent child and the frightening warrior but then we also have in clear view violence and devastation (laughs) yes we have fallen figures smoking droids we have this red orange tortured sky we have cloudy dark mists of of just burnt acrid smoke from flaming wounds Mm -hmm. so to see this contrast like uh the the one that you picked is so great because it's the beginning it's the core right Mm-hmm. And then this is this great evolution, and I love the image that ended up in the show because I think it's it's powerful. But to see this image, it, it kind of captures, it's almost like all of this wreckage and smoke and horror is the expectation that maybe some fans initially had or that you and I were like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, we're, we're down for seeing a cool Mandalorian do cool things, but what else? Because Star Wars yeah. is always more than just a cool fight. And yeah. it's almost like this this tortured, smoking, uh, bloody background is that idea of just mm-hmm. violence. Cool violence. Yeah. And then on only one side is the truth of the show of mm. connection and growth and, uh, you know, the, the possibility of making a different choice, that heart of Star Wars. And to see them combine together... Uh, a warrior reaching out to mirror the reaching 
uh, fingers of a child in need versus this chaotic violence. Uh, immersed in this chaotic violence is just such a great contrast and a beautiful painting. So that's my number one. Nah, that's great. And, and Force Center, well said to you, sure, sir. And yeah, the, the two choices here, it's it's Dave making the sketch uh, and, and, and creating a world of possibilities that then other artists and creators and storytellers uh, jump in and, and start playing around in and just make something bigger and bolder. And, and that's truly the creative process and truly the Star Wars creative process. And what you're describing where I'm listening to you and looking at this photo, it's, it's, it's what we talk about of, of, of Star Wars always being about hope, um, finding hope amongst the fear, hope versus fear, all those kind of things. And hope uh, in a lot of ways uh, to get there, uh, you know, a lot of change, adaption, growth, everything that this show is about is kind of reflected in this photo. I, I really think you're right. It is a total Star Wars classic uh, action. Yeah, Ooh, what fight was this? We got an IG droid. He's on the ground. What happened here? But the center of it is this um, hope of something new, hope of uh, your journey, uh, uh, the journey that um, that you you want to be on. You're already on. You're already there. It's already happening. And it begins for Din, and it begins really uh, again here for Grogu in this moment. So it's truly season one, and it's truly the heart of the show. And this is a great, great piece of art that, uh, you know, will hang somewhere in our minds. Exactly. This one's hanging in my mind all the time. Well said to you too, Ken. Well, uh, that was a lot of fun. We have a, you know, I, I, we totally get that we are sitting here, uh, you know, it's like old timey radio. We're describing the pictures we're seeing, but we hope a lot of you get to go along for the ride. These books from Abrams are always great, always fun, just, uh, you know, captures the creative spirit that goes, um, it starts the Star Wars stories and all the, uh, you know, uh, the creativity needed to tell these stories. It's all there, all here. We're a very, uh, we just love these books, and that's why we love diving in. So uh, that is it for today. We are the Force Center Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Star Wars Rank. Maybe share a picture of a piece of art that you enjoy from these books. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and YouTube as well. Uh, we are also on Facebook at Force Center Pod. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. You can get some merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And hey, maybe before Star Wars Celebration, pick up a Force Center shirt so we can find you in a crowd. Huh? How about that? We'll be wearing some as well. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. From there, you can get into our Discord where you can jump in and have daily conversations with Force Center friends. Uh, you can follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, KenNapsock.com for more information. Joseph, where can they follow you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out all my other adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com, including a link to the latest episode of my other podcast, Obsessed, uh, where my wife and I uh, this week are discussing Indiana Jones. So if you're interested, you can check it out there. Check it out. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with Indiana Jones, too. I'll check that out as well. <laughs> all right, my friends, that is it for this week. Star Wars has been ranked. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. 
That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A L L B I R D S.com code SUPER24.